Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's time for some chin music. Hey, um, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. (laughs) Because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Yeah, we touched on it. Um, But, you know, we try not to spend too much time on it. We just, we let you guys talk about it. Um, And and as you see, you know, uh, the media talk about it and, but for us, you know, man, we, it's okay. You know, Tony's like that dad. We like his kids. We like we like the bad kids that don't listen. <laughs> but we all get along, so we just gonna keep pushing, man. And and uh, he knows, man. We are gonna go out and, and have fun. And uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to get wins and you know enjoy the game. And you know, hopefully we can just you know keep pushing and uh, you know move on past this. <laughs> That was the voice of Tim Anderson talking about the latest controversy in the world of the White Sox this week. And everybody knows what happened against the Twins. And Tim Anderson in New York addressed the media yesterday. Bruce and I'm David Haw, Bruce Levine here inside the clubhouse until 11 o'clock. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chin Music is about delivering a strong message. And I think what Tim Anderson did yesterday, Bruce, was he delivered the message that everything is going to be okay and that there are adults in the clubhouse who know how to deal with criticism even when it comes out of the mouth of their manager, even when it's public and not necessarily private. And I think Tim Anderson reminded everybody yesterday that uh, that why he is a leader, why he is emerged as the guy who sets the tone in that clubhouse along with Jose Abreu. And I think the message that the White Sox sent yesterday was that, you know what, this is a slogan for the marketing department, the bad kids can play. <laughs> uh, David, this is a this is a clear-cut tug of war between old school and new school baseball, okay? And there's a place, David, for both. There's a place for having fun, having your own mind, uh, going out there and, and being the best player, the entertainer that you need to be, and also adhering to respect for the people you work with and for the opponent. And this is a tug of war where these uh, this unwritten rule book that we've heard about for 145 years is being rewritten right in front of our eyes. It's just it's a rewrite, okay? What and, chapter and Tony, did you do, Bruce? Well, I did. Uh, you want the Old Testament or the New Testament? <laughs> 
I mean, look, there's value in both, isn't there? Because because it's all about a a positive. It's 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 all positivity of doing things the right way. You know, Old Testament baseball, New Testament baseball. It's just a it's a it's a different chapter. And uh, Tony is uh, to his credit is saying this is how we've done it for 145 years. I understand now what you're looking at. I understand you don't think you're disrespecting people uh, by going against uh, certain certain rules that have been looked at over the years as you have to get it out there. And these are the people, uh, Larusa and his team, uh, they're the litmus test right now for uh, old school unwritten rules, new school uh, unwritten rules uh, kind of meshing together. And uh, I think it's it's tremendously entertaining. And the, the best thing for Chicago White Sox, uh, their organization and their fans is that what they're saying is true. They are being successful, even though we're not hearing that they're agreeing and everything. Uh, you and I spend every Saturday morning for two hours basically disagreeing with about everything that the other person says. But we do it with a lot of fun, with joy, and a tremendous amount of respect. And I, I don't think that's any different than what, what the White Sox are going through right now with La Russa and, and the young players. I think that's a good comparison, Bruce. And, and I do appreciate the fact that we did tussle on the air this week and when you were a guest on the Mullen Haw Show and we went back and forth. And, you know, I, and I understand where you were coming from and respected your point of view, even though I disagreed with it, even though we have a lot of people that did. My biggest issue with Tony LaRusa this week was his public criticism of a player and when he called your mean Mercedes clueless. I understand and understood where that foundation was rooted in, what it was because of the respect. And I give you credit, even though you were on that side of it, you did not let the issue You mean where no away. one agreed with me? No well, one agreed. Yeah. He just threw, got through I mean, saying that not only you and Molly didn't agree with me, but nobody in the uh, con- contiguous United States uh, of yeah. America agreed with me, which is fine. I'm pretty I, I used to that. I think it's probably a good way to put it, Bruce. I think you take I'm, the temperature and you saw what it was and you can read the room I'm, pretty I'm well. all good with that because because yeah. I know what I know and know what I think and, and it's so, based on um, – you know my experience with people in the game for a lot of, a lot of years. So uh, I respect Tim Anderson. I respect uh, your mean Mercedes. And when you look at Mercedes, who spent ten years, uh, you know, playing all kinds of crazy independent ball all over the place and and not knowing what Major League Baseball is all about. I get it that he didn't understand these things and that uh, he's he's he felt he's earned his way to the major leagues by playing the ball that he plays and. He doesn't necessarily have to listen to anyone else, but uh, you know there, there's a, there's a fine line there. And uh, as much as people say Tony Larusa disrespected the player, the player disrespected Tony Larusa and the third base coach and the rules of the game, the unwritten rules as they be. So uh, you know again, there has to be responsibility all the way around. Yeah. Fair, fair enough, and, and I think your experience earns you the right. You are entitled to be as wrong as you want to be. Um, but I think that <laughs> when, it, when it comes to, again, the, the, the calling him out publicly, and I also didn't like the fact that Tony seemed to empower the Twins to throw at his own hitter. I thought that was probably a mistake that he should have handled internally rather than externally. All he of this was going to get thrown at no matter what. 
more than likely that's the truth. But I don't yes. think you need to have an invitation from your own manager or from the opposing manager. It, but Bruce, it, I'm getting it, it, down to this, going down this path. I, I I want to give you credit here for yesterday when all of this stuff was going on, and really people are getting to the point where there's a lot of you know fatigue in the con- this conversation. But you asked Tony Larusa the question that needed to be asked as he gets as he as he arrived in New York. And on these pregame Zoom conferences, knowing what, you know, knowing all that, you you went at him anyway, and you, you risked going down the rabbit hole, as you referred to it. You talked about respect. And Tony LaRussa responded to what Tim Anderson had to say, what we heard at the beginning of this segment. And this is what Tony had to say. I think any father would like, love to have a son like Tim. Because his, his bad just means he went from very, very good to just good. There's no bad with him. Um, that's why I made it a point to explain the, uh, the 3-0 deal. And uh, once they understood, I think they, you know, it's just a matter of opinion, but they knew where I was coming from. And, and I was coming from a place that's really meant to protect our team. I understood where he was coming from, Bruce. Good for you for getting that kind of response out of Tony LaRusso when he was talking about um, Tim Anderson calling the White Sox, you know, the bad kids, and sometimes the bad. And Tony saying even the bad kids—that just means, you know, they're they're not as they're not go from very good to being good. Yeah, they question the parent, just like uh, your son questioned you and your wife for the last uh, 22 years, and Absolutely. my daughter for uh, a decade longer. And uh, you know, all the answers aren't satisfactory. People aren't going to adhere to it. And I think it was a great analogy that uh, Tim Anderson came up with. I thought it was perfect. And not only did it was it perfect, but it took the tension away uh, from the entire team, from La Russa, and uh, the onus off of him, because he's saying, all things are good here. We, we agree to disagree. It's okay. We're having fun. We're respecting each other anyway, and we're going to win. And uh, I, I don't think you could have written up a better message for Tim Anderson to deliver yesterday. Let me ask you this, Bruce, because I think it's related, even though it's a little bit off topic. But when you when you have a situation like this, and you know it's going to be controversial, and you have covered Tony Larusa a long time, and you you have you know so there is a relationship that you have with him that is very different than many of the people who were commenting and offering opinions about what what he did and what he said. How conflicted do you feel? at that moment when you have to pick a lane and determine, all right, how am I going to say this and what position am I going to take? Zero, because I show respect to everybody that I ask questions to. So it has nothing to do with Larusa. Tony and I went years with not, with not uh, talking to each other and uh, having hmm. differences of opinions and uh, him uh, having me on a, a bad list or a list where uh, he didn't think I was a particularly friendly toward him or his, his team or uh, you know the, uh, the the message that he sends. So there there's there's no favoritism on my part. It's all about being respectful to the people that you talk to. Uh, in, in the case of Tony, he's learning. Even though uh, he he knew he'd have to make some changes along the way and and at least be open-minded along the way. He's doing that on the fly right now after not being there right. for 10 years. And, and that's, just, that's just a part of his learning experience. He's 76, but David, right. he can still learn. He, this is a learning experience for Tony La Russa. 
And I think not... after after all this sh- shakes out, you're going to hear both sides saying, you know what, we both learned a little bit about what the other opinion is. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more open about it. The other side's going to be a little bit more open about it. It's part of natural communication. The one thing we forget here, David, is these people are all new to each other. So whether it was uh, A.J. Hinch uh, in his point. late 40s or yeah. Tony Larusa, there's a there's a time to, of getting used to each other that has to take place. Uh, the relationships just aren't built by showing up one day. And Bruce, that's I'm what's going on with the White Sox. And I'm not suggesting that there was that you're showing favoritism. I really wasn't going there. And, and I appreciate the explanation. But I do think it's human nature because I'm speaking from my own experience. I mean, you know, I have been uh, at times at odds internally, you know, conflicted with my personal relationship with, say, you know, the example I always use if I'm talking to, to uh, you know, writers, young writers when I was teaching was like the first time I ever had to criticize John Paxson in Chicago as a columnist at the Tribune was very difficult for me. Because I had a relationship that predated me arriving here, and I liked John Paxson and had a ton of respect for him and still consider him a friend. And, and that was a hard road to go down, even though it was the right one to go down in light of the job description. And I think sometimes we're all put in situations when we do what we do, when you offer sure. opinions, professional opinions that are in conflict with maybe your personal relationship. And so I don't want to assume every time you do that, that it's as easy as we maybe assume that it sounds like it is. And I think that's why it bears explanation sometimes when you have the opportunity to do that. I, I saw Tony LaRusso treat me indifferently for at least 10 years. And uh, hmm. I give, I gave, always give him credit for one thing. I'd ask him to do an interview. He would do it. He would do it. He would, uh, he would give me as much as he thought he needed to. He wouldn't always look at me when we did the interview. And mm-hmm. after a while, I stopped asking him for uh, interviews because of that particular type of what I felt was disrespect. But he was, he was also telling me that he thought I had disrespected him and his team at one point on a story I wrote in 1990. So, you know, these things, they're interesting because they have lives wow. of 30, 40 years of communication yeah. and miscommunication that uh, you know, come down the line. But the one thing I always, uh, always respected most about Tony, whether I liked the way he was going about it or not, is that uh, he was 100% with his team. He was 100% into the game. And he was 100% about respecting the game of baseball. And uh, for him to have to go uh, through this and uh, understand that there's going to be some things that he has no control over and he better get with it, I, th- I think it's really cathartic for him. I think it's important, and uh, I-, I think there's going to be good growth on both sides. That's a great word, cathartic. I like it, Bruce. We have a lot of people that want to weigh in. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That's where we find Jordan from Vernon Hills. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? So here's the situation. If it's if it's 3-0 and he grounds out to short, nobody says anything. Lodelli doesn't say anything. LaRusso doesn't say anything. They're unhappy with the result. And then the other point I wanted to make, too, is, like, I'm the union rep at my high school, and I would never call out another teacher to administration. I would tell that teacher privately what he did wrong and how he can improve, but I would never go to administration. And the fact is, Tony should have protected his player. Regard- he shouldn't have gone to the press regardless of his feelings. 
So those are my two uh, opinions there. Thanks, Jordan. That was my biggest yeah. thing, Bruce, publicly what? calling him clueless. That's not something you want to hear from a manager. Right. Well, you know, again, the responsibility of the player was to understand the rule, hear it from them, and then respond in kind one way or the other. He decided to ignore it. Let's go to Tony in Geneva. Tony, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. Oh, David, I respect you, but, boy, I've been wanting to to ask you this. And, you know, I get, and maybe because I'm just an old, angry white guy, I get get the changes, but please explain to me how flipping a bat 20 feet up in the air, running slowly to first base, and and many times uh, players could have taken an extra base. Tell me how that improves the game of baseball. I understand the entertainment aspect. And as far as calling somebody out, you know, these guys could go over all over social media, say whatever they want, and, and call out Larusa, but, but there, there's no recognition at all on their on their part. Okay, Tony, that's a good phone call. Here's here's the way I'll answer it. Number one, when you're talking about the bat flip mentality from Tim Anderson and the, maybe the flamboyance that the White Sox exude, it is a mantra they embrace. It is a hashtag, change the game. It is a mindset. It is the way they are. That's why they are who they are. It is the way baseball has been going, Bruce, and I think that there is a element of entertainment to it, and you have to be, uh, you have to be I think, if you're Tony LaRusso, willing to be flexible, and he has shown that flexibility to, to that sort of new age of player that he was much different than it was the last time he managed and, frankly, when he got into the game. The second thing is, I quickly get to, when you have social media responses from players, it's very different than the day-to-day responsibility of a manager to be the spokesperson for his organization. He meets with the media twice a day. The standards just are different. And when you publicly castigate one of your own players, it's a bad look. It just is. And I just think that is something when you call your own player clueless, it puts the organization in an uncomfortable position and it reflects the manager poorly. That's my opinion, but and you're free I, to disagree just, with uh, it, but that's my opinion. I, I, I respect everything you say on that, and I agree with a lot of it. But one thing is, is that the responsibility for the individual has to be there. I don't hear anything in the, uh, in the conversations about the responsibility of the player to adhere to what's going on. And being, look, here's a primary example, all right? A.J. Hinch is the guy that everybody wanted to manage this team. Is that correct? Almost yeah, everybody. May, so. Maybe Rick Hahn. Maybe, maybe Kenny Rick Hahn Williams. I'm saying Rick Hahn too, Bruce. <laughs> okay. So A.J. Hinch, you know, winner of the World Series with the 2017 Houston Astros, fired. Why, why was he fired? What happened? Well, what happened was is that team cheated their butts off. And that A.J. Hinch asked those players to stop cheating, and they ignored him. And they went right by him and continued to cheat. And the end result was a scandal and the manager being fired from that job. And why did that happen? Because the manager didn't come out and say what was going on, and everything went wrong, okay? So as much as I respect A.J. Hinch as a guy that is a baseball player, and a guy that has been a manager of successful teams. I don't respect 
the fact that he let wrong go on for a year or two and uh, what occurred ended up being a, a bad thing for baseball and a bad thing well, for everybody. Bruce. So, no, no let me finish. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, man. If he would have come out and said, guys, if you don't stop this, I'm going to the media. I'm going public in this because this is flat out wrong. What do you think would have happened? All right. I, I know where you're going with that. I, I, I know. Okay. So. So going, what I'm saying to you is Tony LaRussa coming out and saying the guy ignored me. He ignored the third base coach. He ignored the unwritten rules that we know of. Uh, he's going to get somebody hurt swinging 3-0. and I got to come out and talk about it. That's all LaRussa did. Bruce, if you go on the air here on our show and you you get on my case and you say, you know what, you I need do it to every get the Saturday. Break. You, you, I know, I know, but <laughs> if you get if you go behind the curtain and you say, okay, hey, hey, Dave, David needs to get to break quicker. You need to stop asking such a long question. You need to stop being so long winded. And you take your criticism of me publicly. Mm-hmm. I would think that there would be a part of me that would say, you know what, Bruce, you're exactly right, and that's the way to deal with it. But the, the bigger part of me would be like, come on, man. Deal with this you, behind you left closed one doors. Part out. You what? left one part out of, of your very good argument. I would go to you first and say, here's what I think's going on. Yes. And if okay. you continue to do it, that might be my recourse. I understand that, but I just think that there's a better way. And I think for a manager to be as crit- – okay. And, and Rick Morrissey wrote a very interesting columnist in the Sun-Times. It might be in print this weekend. I lose track of when they have put things online and in print. But Rick Morrissey, old school, old guard, good friend, says that we've gotten soft as a society because, you know what, if players can't take criticism, that is what the, is at the root of all this, so publicly calling somebody out. Big deal. And I, right. I understand with that. And I, and I don't necessarily mind coaches or managers in our market in professional sports – using that to hold players accountable. I just didn't think this was the right time to do that under these circumstances. It could have Mercedes been handled differently. Mercedes said he's going to do it again if it comes up. Didn't he not? Yes, he did. I'm going to continue to be me. Bruce, okay. Why but other he? people are going to get hurt because of him looking at it that what? way. Why wouldn't he think that, Bruce? He works in an because organization if you're up that 11 wants to change runs, the game. If you're up 11 runs and you got a, a guy that's not a pitcher on the mound, you try to get the game over with. Maybe it's a bigger conversation about how there should be a slaughter rule in professional baseball. Okay. Maybe, right. that's the bigger, maybe that's the bigger picture. But for now, it's all about La Russa looking at this going, my guys are going to get hurt if this guy doesn't stop doing this. We can't do this as collectively. The Twins forfeited the right to invoke respect when they put a position player on the mound to throw batting practice. That, that's what Lance Lynn said. That's what you say. And I respect that. I, I think there's something to that. But again, if it becomes such a joke, why are they even playing those innings? Well, they are playing those innings because they, that is the, all they can do at this point. And the fact know, that but the it, Twins... But it, it doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense. I, 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 I abhor those position players coming out and pitching. That's, you know, you might as well just say, look, the game's over. You know, forget well, about it. Let's let's just go home. Well, and Bruce, I think baseball needs to address it down the line. Can you agree? With, can you throw me a compliment? How about the the slogan? The bad I, kids I think can you're, play. I, can you work I with that? The I, bad kids I, can play. You like that? I I agree with the fact that all the points you make are fantastic, and they push me to the limit 
of coming up with really good answers, and probably I don't very often, uh, as to uh, refuting what you say or agreeing with what you say. And I, I agree with a heck of a lot more of, of it than I disagree with. But in this situation, player responsibility in sports is going away, and players have to be responsible for their actions. That's well put, Bruce. It's not as well put as your birthday song to me, which will be something very <laughs> special for the rest of the day and the year. But uh, thank you very much. Okay, that is Chin Music. We have a lot more to come up on Inside the Clubhouse before we get out of here at 11 o'clock. But when we come back, Tyler Kepner, great columnist from the New York Times, will join us. He's Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Grounded to third. There's one. There's two. There it is. It's a triple play. They got a triple play to get out of the jam. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw until 11 o'clock. That was the replay from last night's triple play against the White Sox by the Yankees. Thank you to the Yes Network for that highlight. And in this time now, we go out to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue, or APNissan.com. That is where we find Tyler Kepner, the fine baseball columnist for the New York Times. Good morning, Tyler. How are you? 
Good morning. How are you guys? Doing well. We're doing great. Doing very yep. well. And the White Sox, uh, not so well after last night. They go into New York, uh, and the Yankees take care of business of really taught two-to-one victory over the White Sox. A triple play, you heard Carlos Rodon was outstanding. Just from your vantage point, as you see the Sox come into New York, you know, the White Sox still first place, 26-17, second-best team in the American League. How good do you think they are, Tyler, given the where they uh, are now and, and what they've overcome in the way of injuries? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if I, I picked them to go to the World Series, so I'm, I'm feeling okay about that. Um, but, yeah, if, if you had said that they would lose, um, you know, they would lose two big players like, like Robert and Jimenez, I, I'm not sure I would have made that pick. Um, but, you know, they, they've, they've gotten some great production, obviously, from Mercedes. No one saw that coming. Um, and the, the pitching has been, uh, you know, tremendous, giving them a, a chance to win every night. So uh, not too surprised, um, you know, especially when you factor in uh, how good Jimenez has been. Um, and it's uh, there's certainly a team, to, a team you can't take your eyes off, that's for sure. Tyler, listen, first and foremost, you're on Inside the Clubhouse with us, and we appreciate it. But we have some unwritten rules here that uh, uh, yeah. we'd like you to adhere to. <laughs> and one of them is, you know, if you don't, if you don't adhere to our rules, we're going to we're going to talk about you. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about the, what's been going on in the uh, the tug of war between old school, new school and uh, the truly unwritten rules, the way they've been unwritten over the years? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts about it. I'm sure you guys have been talking about it for you know all week. Um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't surprise me that 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 Tony would would um, you know would, would would take it very seriously. I mean, you you, you all know uh, Tony. He everything he does, um, you know, he does because he believes in it, and and it's always sort of a it's always important. You know, it, it's I, I would have looked at that. I would have approached that like. You know, maybe saying, "Hey, you know, hey, I wish he had taken the sign. We gave him the take sign for a reason." But at that point in the game, position players pitching, he's trying to have fun. You know, I pat him on the butt and said, "Hey, dude, you know, like, what about the sign?" But once they throw a position player out there, you know, it's uh, they're conceding, so just have fun. I mean, I, I don't think he needed to make a big deal of it. In other words, um, and I think that was the problem. I, I don't think you can ask, just like I don't think you should ask the, the young generation to to. Um, you know, yeah, subvert who they really are. I, I don't think it's 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 fair to to legislate how Tony's supposed to feel about things. But I do think that he didn't need. It was somewhat of an unforced error because he didn't need to make it such a big deal. And all he had to do, as Carlos Gomez explained to my colleague um, James Wagner, who was smart to get his take on it, because Gomez is a guy who is out of the game now, but you know had that reputation for you know kind of hot dogging it a little bit and having fun. Um, and then what Gomez said was, look, he needed to support his player. He could tell him what he, what he wanted to say to him uh, behind closed doors. Um, but in the public, you always need to support your player. And that part did surprise me a little because I know how, how sacred Tony sees the, the clubhouse as being and how important it is to him to, to make the, the players feel like they're part of a family. Um, and you, 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 know, and you, you need to support your players out in public like that. Um, right. So that part did surprise me. The one, the one part, and uh, David and I have talked about this, is that uh, the player decided, told him uh, by not adhering to the sign, not following the third base coach sign, and then saying, before Tony even got 
talked to on this that he was going to do it his way regardless. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically he had already said that he's going to ignore what the manager and the coaches tell him. That's, right. that's the one thing I think has not been pointed out very well in this story. Exactly. And, exactly. and I don't think it's outrageous for, for the manager to not be happy that, that a player blew off the sign. Um, you know, I, t take, take, take on 3-0 and then, you know, let her rip on 3-1. You know, it's, I, I, again, I think, like, I think it's okay that, that, that Tony feels the way he does, just as it's okay as the other guys do. But when you're given a sign, you really should take it. Um, I think the, the issue, like I said, is that Tony made it bigger than it needed to be um, by, you know, by not just sort of casually dismissing it post-game. And then telling your mean whatever he wanted behind closed doors. He should have just he should have just let it let it lie and, and, and been tac tac tactical enough to understand what would happen if he made a big deal of it. And that's a whole well, week full one, of uh, full of one talk White about Sox it. manager. Yeah, one White Sox manager got fired because there weren't enough uh, things being adhered to, <laughs> and a uh, team basically yeah. stopped playing the last uh, ten games of the season in 2020. We're talking mm -hmm. with Tyler Kepner, the fine baseball columnist for the New York Times here and inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. With Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw. Tyler, when you look at Tony La Russa and you project the rest of the season for the White Sox, who uh, obviously you, you believe that they are going to be a contender, do you consider La Russa, who is off to a somewhat shaky start in the first six weeks, let's be honest here, is he bigger, a bigger strength or liability for the White Sox moving forward? Um, I don't know the dynamics of the clubhouse um, there. Uh, you know, we haven't been in the clubhouse for a while, obviously. Um, I know, you know, a, a bunch of the individual White Sox players. And I know Tony and some of his coaches very well. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't come on, you know, and claim that I know the dynamics of that, of that clubhouse. But I do think that, you know, Tony, you know what you're getting in, in, in Tony La Russa. Um, and so if I were the players, I would just sort of maybe, understand that this is a guy who's done it all in the game and he's and he's from a different generation and he's going to think differently than we do and you know you just you just 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 play your game and 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 um you know just understand the context basically i think the players are smart enough to understand the context and i think tony is more of a help than a hindrance because he knows how to run a game and i know that you know there's been some issues but at, at the end of it you look and you say well you know, here we are today, um, May twenty second, and they're twenty six and seventeen, and you know that's really really good uh, with those injuries. So I, I think it's hard to say the manager's been a problem if the team is this good. Tyler Kepner, the fine columnist of the New York Times, joining us and inside the clubhouse for a few more minutes uh, before the money we gave him runs out and he'll hang up on us. Um, <laughs> Tyler, as it, as far as uh, looking at uh, the Chicago Cubs right now. Uh, how do you look at the organization getting to this point of superstars that will or will most likely be free agents in November and uh, Jed Hoyer looking at the deadline of what do I do with this group now? Do we try to win or do I try to salvage this by getting uh, the best group of young players I can at the last minute? Well, I think sometimes you know you, you look at guys who are free agents to be, and we 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 tend to kind of overestimate their 
market value. Um, you know, with, with with two months left or three months left, whatever it is, the time you trade them, um, you might not get back a whole heck of a lot um, in a deal. Now you can try to leverage other teams against them, but ultimately, you know, you're only getting them for for a brief window, and so much of trade value comes from controllability. Um, so if that's the case. If they're close to a playoff spot, I, I would still go for it, um, you know, because you don't you just don't get, you know, a, a, a ton of chances, and you, and you want to see this run through with these guys, um, you know. And then if you get compensatory draft picks or however the system is set up, you, you use them wisely. Um, so that's that's just me. I mean, I I think it was it was a very clear direction when they built this team, though, and and now the direction seems a little unclear. Because um, you don't know exactly which of these guys is going to come back, um, I don't think it's smart to keep them all. I think it's smart to probably pick one um, and have him be a, a pillar um, to you know to build around and kind of a bridge to the old days. Um, but they've got a you know they, they've got a, they don't look like a championship team to me. Um, but stranger things have happened. Um, if they if they can find a way to strengthen that pitching staff a little bit, the rotation. Um, you know, who knows? They could maybe have one last gasp in them, and I wouldn't want to take that away. Tyler, wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about what I felt like was a fascinating article you wrote earlier this week in the New York Times about how the increase in velocity that we're seeing throughout baseball and an increase in hit batters, which is alarming. And we saw the scary situation with the Mets the other night. We have seen it throughout the game. And wonder where this is headed and where you think that uh, your research led you and just overall how big of a concern this should be for baseball fans. Well, it, obviously it's inherent danger um, and always has you know, and always has been in baseball um, of, of guys getting hit. And, and you can't, you know, you can only protect against that so much. Um, but it, it's, it, it is happening more at a higher rate than ever now. Um, and I, I, I think uh, it, it is concerning. Um you know, I, I think it's a, it's a byproduct of what we're seeing in pitching development, which is that um, you know guys are are, are trained to uh, throw really hard, and, and if you if you can give them a passable breaking ball in the minor leagues, with the rosters being as big as they are, it's sort of like, well, hey, he, he throws real hard. He might not know where it's going, but it can help us get it. You know, get one inning of work here and there. So, welcome to the big leagues. And a lot of time that that makes it dangerous. For pitchers, I also think, um, the, or for hitters, and I also think the way that strike zone has evolved and the way that pitching patterns have evolved, um, guys are throwing up in the, throwing throwing it up in the in the zone, um, and so obviously you know they're they're trying to throw that high fastball, and, and that gives them that pitch is much much closer to the face and 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 closer to the body. Um, I think if they move the strike zone down a little bit, um, there would be less incentive to go up in the zone. And there would be, uh, you know, maybe a little bit less of this stuff. Um, but and yeah, more it offense. Is. And more offense, yeah. I just think that I, I think we've got to lower the, the strike zone. Now, you know, we've seen how it evolves, though, right? Like, you know, guys, guys tailor their swings to lift those, lift those low pitches um, so pitchers counteracted. Um, and it's a constant adjustment in this game. But where we are now concerns a lot of people with all the strikeouts and so few hits. It really is a concern to many inside the game and many who spent their lives in the game and are now kind of out of it and watching it and wondering what happened. In closing with you, and uh, David and I certainly appreciate your time as always. It's always fun and entertaining. Uh, what are you working on project-wise? You always have a book working somewhere. Tell us uh, where you're going next. Yeah, I've got a book I've been working on for a few years uh, all about uh, 
you know, ins and outs of the World Series history over the years, going all the way back to the beginning and and um, kind of the way some of the fun stuff you maybe didn't know, some of the themes that um, that we see in, in the World Series. That, that, that's still a year or so away from coming out, um, but I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I've got a, uh, a fun look back at a, a particular draft, a historic draft, um, you know, that I'm going to run fairly soon. Um, I don't see much more than that, but it's going to be a fun story. And, um, yeah, yeah, and always keeping an eye out for, for, for trivia questions. So, you know, that I'm one on one, yeah. Too. That, that one on one with Ty Cobb, I'm looking forward to in that book. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. I, I, hey, I uh, got a question thank, for you if you want one. Do you want yeah. a question on my way out sure, here? Sure, we'll take uh, one. Absolutely. I saw this on, on the Sabre um, uh, website, uh, and it was a great one. And you can chew on it for a little while. Name, uh, there, there are four players who appeared in the postseason in the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. Four guys mm-hmm. appeared in the postseason in all three decades. I can give you clues if you want, because um, one or two of them are kind of obscure. But um, mm-hmm. one of them's a Hall of Famer, one of them's a, uh, a batting champ, and two are relief pitchers. So Okay. Oh, so there Jim, you go. Hall of Jim Famer, Cox, batting them, champ, right? and two relief pitchers, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yep. That's a tough okay. One. I think is Jim Cott one of them? Jim Cott is not. Jim Cott did not appear in the postseason of the 70s. He appeared in the 60s That's and right. the 80s, um, uh, but but not the 50s. or the. We're talking 50s, 60s, and 70s here. Um, All right. That's a great one to work on. Actually, Jim Cotton Absolutely. might have in the 70s, but he might have. I think he might have been on the 76 Phillies and pitched against the Reds in the postseason, actually. But he was, we're talking – yeah, he did. But we're talking uh, 50s, 60s, and 70s. So. We'll, we'll do it. Thanks so much, yeah, Tyler. I appreciate it as World always. Series. That, that 59 World Series in the South Side had a couple of people on this list. So. That's All right. Let me know if you get it. it. All right. Thanks, Thanks Tyler. Great stuff. Right. Tyler Kepler from the New York Times with the trivia question and the content, Bruce, giving us a little bit of both we can think about during the break. And he, uh, he he's a great perspective, and he's a terrific writer for the New York Times. Looking forward and to it. Uh, and a really fun guy. He really is a fun guy. He's a good guy, and he understands the White Sox and Cubs very well. His perspective uh, valuable from afar. We're going to wrap this up when we come back here, we, here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is what I was telling you when they hired him. Like, he's just so out of touch with the game, and most people are, cuz. Like, I sit here and watch Christopher Russo on MLB Network. He's out of touch with the game, cuz. Like, Tony LaRusso's out of touch with the game, cuz. He should not be managing one of the best teams in the American League, period. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 The Score with Bruce Fine. I'm David Haw. That was CC Sabathia who That was the new off. commissioner of baseball, yeah. CC Sabathia. How about that? He's gonna have to clean up his language a little bit, Bruce, if he wants to get that promotion. How about that? It's uh, All right, cuz. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll do it. Hey, thanks, cuz. That was from I, the Potty Mouth Podcast, I think. I I, I, I love the fact that he is saying that. I abhor the fact that he's out of baseball. And wouldn't ever say it if he was still in the game. Ever. In a million years. You know why? Do you know why he wouldn't say it, David? The unwritten rules of baseball. Well, because (laughs) he would be putting his team in danger, right? Because if he would speak out against the White Sox manager and he were a member of an opposing team. Yeah, but 
but uh, do it do it when you're in the game. Don't don't step away and start saying all these things that are right and wrong for the game. You know, say say it while you're there and you, you have a real impact. I I I respect his opinion. I think a lot of people agree with his opinion. Uh, but uh, you know, pick you know stand up when you're in the game and say it then. Bruce, take a step back and let's try to remove ourselves from this kind of debate with because it is a tired one now after about four or five days. But when you look at the White Sox and the way that Tony La Russa has become such a polarizing figure, and maybe he hasn't necessarily become one as much as he always has been one. He likes to create an edge within his team. He like, I'm not saying this was intentional by any stretch of the imagination, but let me ask you this moving forward. Do you think all the attention – that is paid Tony La Russa when he goes into cities, whether it's the media or whatever, helps take the focus off a team and limits the distractions because it is mostly uh, – that, that, that's the most controversial thing about the White Sox right now is Tony La Russa. It's not the players yeah, who I, play I, at I a first-place level. I think it's a great question, David, and I think it's true. Uh, the best managers take on the responsibility of taking media pressure and – all that stuff off of their players, okay? And uh, Tony's done it for most of his career. In this case, you can say he did the opposite, but he still brought it all upon himself. Ozzie Guillen, uh, for all his great success with the White Sox uh, during his career, uh, when he was at his very best, he was taking on all the responsibility of talking to uh, media people, uh, letting, the, great letting example. the players alone, you know? Great example. Because there was so much copy from the manager, right? See, uh, that's, I mean, that, that's, 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 the, that's true, Bruce, because it, but it wasn't in a way that was maybe as oh, really? as this. Well, no, really? no, no. I, well, so when he went to, when he'd call out to the bullpen and he'd put his arms out wide, everybody knowing that Bobby Jenks was a, a fat no, relief pitcher, that's what I'm saying. that wasn't a form of disrespect. You. It was okay. Okay. All right. Now, I'm saying that Ozzy's was somewhat intentional. Ozzy wanted yeah. to do this. It was by design yes. that he became the show. Yes. He was like, okay, yes. guys, all right, before the games, and Bruce, I was sitting there right next to you, and it was like, Ozzy Guillen entertains us. Ozzy, thank you for talking into our recorders and giving us something to laugh at and write about and talk about. Okay, that was by design. I don't think that this was calculated by Tony LaRussa. I think this was Tony LaRussa being Tony LaRussa which is polarizing almost by definition, I, and that's, a, that's the only difference I think difference that's here. a good point. That's a good point. I, th I agree with you. He is Tony La Russa being Tony La Russa. But I do believe he can learn to be more responsive to younger players and in these situations. He's, he's going to learn as much out of this experience as the players did, I guarantee you, because that's how smart of a guy he is. I think that that's a really good thing to remember and I also think it's not uh, insignificant that we have spent so much time in the last week or so and before that in the last month or so talking about what Tony LaRusa isn't doing or how he's doing his job right. and we're not focusing on you know what Nick Madrigal really needs to clean up his defense oh you know what Liam Hendricks hasn't been the closer that he should have been that they're paying for you know what this team uh, doesn't have great outfield depth and where the heck is Adam Engel anyway you know these issues he started yeah he, These he'll issues be back have become this, side uh, issues. In, in June. Right, but you know, you you make a great point. He, he has helped win with six players the other day in the lineup that weren't even uh, going to make the roster for the Chicago White Sox. 
David, it's Not been bad. a great, fiery, fun show. I think you win by uh, by a decision. 15 rounds goes to <laughs> David Haw. We have people to thank, including uh, Taylor McGregor <clears throat> from the uh, Marquee Sports Network, Tyler Kepner from uh, the New York Times. Great job by Adam Stadzinski. As always, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com. Have a great week, David. Yes, and Bruce, you won the show by singing me happy birthday. It didn't really get any better than that. It peaked at that moment. Thank you very much, buddy. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Molly and Haw on Monday mornings, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.